I'm Jenny Thomas. And I'm her friend, Ellie David. We decided to create a podcast that embodies what you would talk about with your closest friends. So sit back and relax and put your headphones in. Because you're listening to the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Honestly Unfiltered podcast. Ellie, how are you? It's been a busy week. Yeah, it has. I'm, I'm pretty good. How about you? Hanging in you there. Start. I'm hanging on by a thread. You really are, man. It, it, well, wait, today's Sunday, so Wednesday. Wednesday, and then Friday, we had to put our beloved cat, Tiger, to rest and yeah, we're all sorry. we're all still kind of recuperating from that it was i took it a little harder than i thought i would um of course it was delayed didn't hit me till yesterday and um yeah. but it was you know it was very peaceful the way he went and you know i he i held him in my arms and they gave yeah. him his, his stuff to go and you know so it was it was probably the most peaceful one I've been a part of with my animals. Well, that's, thank God. Yeah, that. it didn't feel clinical at all. So, yeah, so that's been the last couple of days. It's still kind of weird. Like, earlier when we were podcasting, I you heard me say to my husband, oh, I guess you can shut the door because, you know, his litter box was in here, so I could never shut the door all the way. I would just crack it. And every now and then I see a shadow and I I like look to see if it's him or I hear a noise and I think it's him coming. And last night Ashton was home before me and I almost said, reminded him to feed tiger. Like, and I stopped like, so it's it's, it's, it's just, I know you've been through it. And so it does take a minute, but I'm telling you, I see the spirit of my cat Milo. Yep. Really? And it, yeah, I'm not kidding you. Like me and Justin were talking about it yesterday, actually on our way home from the hospital. Um, I had the Fright Club on because he likes that one too. And it's a clip show. And there was a clip of a dog. So they had the the clip of him alive. This Rottweiler, real cute, like uh, like that kind of dog, you know, like <laughs> he was running around. But then he died and they, the camera the security camera caught in the same area in their backyard, this black, it was almost like a mist looking thing or something. And it was like doing the same kind of jumping around motions in that area where the dog would like to, you know, run out and play. And we were, so we just got on the subject of it. And then I told him, I said, I'm not, I get it. It's my peripheral Mm -mm, all the time. to me. Uh Uh-huh. And I'll see a tail like sticking like it looks like a tail sticking straight up kind of moving. And he used to do that when he was like ready to eat. Cause he'd get really excited <laughs> and he'd remember. stick his tail up and it would like, it, it reminded me of like a rattlesnake. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I'll see something and I'll look and nothing's there. And I'm like, you know, but you know, I, our pets are, they're souls you know, too. Yeah. And they're a part of our family. It's, mm-hmm. it's really hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I mean, he's been with us for, he was with us for 14 years. Ashton was four years old when we got him, and he's been through it all. I mean, so, you know, he was with us through everything, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. You know, you, 
because whenever I'm ha- I'd be in the house alone, he'd come sit on my lap or he'd you know always be like on the chair next to me if I was on the, in a chair instead of not my desk, but if I was in like the love seat or the chair, he'd always come put lay right by next next to my leg and so yeah, so yeah, he was super affectionate. He was good. Guy. I feel bad. A lot of times I'd be like, come on, Jagger, that's enough. Uh, everybody was. Everybody was. Like, no, Tiger. Oh, God, here he comes. Like, like, even the other night when the home health nurses came to, um, like, they come and evaluate you and talk to you about everything, the procedure, and, of course, sign insurance forms. And he, right he, right there he was in her face. And she's like, wow, he's friendly. Mine is, mine, my cats are mean. And a lot of, it's like, you get that a lot. But, yeah, he was always right in the, wanted to be right in your face. I haven't told uh, the girls yet. Oh, Abby loves Tiger. Like Aww. the few times, like last few times we went over there, it was like on the way over. She's like, yeah, I get to see Tiger. And she's like, play with Tiger. And I'm like, oh God, I don't want to tell her. Aww. But they knew that he's been sick and yeah, but you did the right thing. It's hard though. It's hard. I didn't tell Ashton until after it was over and he knew it was coming down the line and you know, Thursday night Shannon came over to say goodbye to him because she just loves him too. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, I asked him flat out for at first, do you want to come? Do you want to come with me? Cause he was with me for the two dogs that passed away. Yeah. And he said, no, I don't think I can do. And I said, it's fine. I just want to make sure. And he said, I said, do you want to know ahead of time? And he was like, I don't know. He he led me to believe he just wanted me to tell him when it was over. Like, he didn't want to say goodbye. And he said when he left for school in the morning, he had an inkling, and he made sure he kissed him goodbye. And, um, you know, he he got home from work, like, late, like, 9, 930. And, of course, I'm sitting here the whole night, like, when he's going to get home, I got to tell him. You know, like. Yeah. So Anticipating the worst. Yeah. And. He walks, you know, he walks in, he's, he does his thing and he, I'm going to like feed him dinner before I tell him. And he sticks his head in my office and he goes, where's Tiger? And I was shocked because you know, a lot of times Tiger's in my room sleeping. He's in here. You, you, sometimes you just, and I was like, I thought maybe he saw his bowl was gone. Um, but, uh, I, I just looked at him and he said, you did. He did. And I said, yeah. And he's like, I kind of figured. And he was, but he handled it well. He really did. I was yeah. like shocked. Well, the cat's been sick. And, I, he like, has been. All kinds oh, of problems. Yeah. And I look back at pictures and um, it's really in the last six months he's lost a lot of weight. What's funny is that the other yesterday morning I was in bed and I was like going through all my pictures and like organizing them of Tiger and Wyatt's like, what are you doing? And I was like, he goes, what are you doing with all those pictures of Tiger? I'm just, I said, I'm getting them ready so that I could, when I do his obituary on Facebook and his <laughs> memoriam, I have all these pictures. And he goes... <laughs> Are you fucking serious? And I go, yes. Yeah. Tiger, need, Tiger needs a proper send off. I haven't done it yet because I have to sit down and collect my thoughts. That's how busy I've been. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, I have a shrine. Okay. Basically in here with his Milo's remains yeah. and the one of the kids, I think it was, was it Abby or Georgia? One of them made a, like a grave, a, a headstone. Aww. <laughs> it said like r.i.p fat boy milo like and we got his little palm print thing and the whole bit it's on a little shelf in our living room and you know whatever you know we we already got his back we already have his ashes back they brought them to me yesterday which i was shocked because normally you have to wait a couple weeks and then you have to go to the vet and pick them up 
But they used yeah. this company called Forever Pet. And Friday night, Friday evening, the man called me from there. He's, it was like getting a call from the funeral home. He's like, we have Tiger in our care. And before we prepare him, we would just like to know if you want, you know, this, this, and this. And I did forget to clip some of his hair. He said, so he's like, do you want some, some of his hair? And I said, yes. And he said, do you want us to do a paw print? And I said, yes. And they did a nice little paw print and mm-hmm. dropped it all off yesterday. And Wyatt went to work yesterday morning and then he called me on his way to work. And, but right after he left, the guy called me to tell me he was on his way. And I'm like, look, Wyatt, I got to get off the phone. The dead cat guy's going to be here any minute. And he goes, <laughs> the dead guy. I'm like, is that what, what he's called? I'm like, no, but that's what I'm calling him. And he's like, that should be on a business card. <laughs> and then uh, Ashton was leaving to go out with his girlfriend and he comes back, like, I hear, see it, see it on the ring camera. I was in the bathroom, and he comes back, and he goes, he didn't say the dead cat guy. I, he said, he said, the guy brought Tiger, and he said, he said that he said to the guy, are you the cat guy? <laughs> He's like, I didn't say dead cat guy, but I said, oh, you're the cat guy. <laughs> Just real quick side note, I don't see it recording on my side. You're right, because I didn't hit record. Shit. But I have it recording over here, thank God. <laughs> I'm just making sure Fuck. I'm so aware. Right Cause I'm going to use this video at some point. Yeah, I know. And I'm just like, Oh God, I don't want to do anything else. No, I got it recording over here. Thank God. Okay. So, so we're, we're good. We're, we're good. good. I just looked cause I always try to keep an eye on the time and like whatever. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> we don't want to talk about tiger again. No, I'm not talking about tiger again. <laughs> Poor tiger. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Wednesday I went to pre-op. I've had a couple appointments. It's getting down to the nitty gritty. A couple more days. I got to go for a COVID test this afternoon. Oh, do you do that today? Yeah, I got to do that today. Yeah, they're open till eight o'clock, the walk-in clinic, but. So do you feel any, I mean, have they talked you through, kind of walked you through what to expect with the pre-op? Like. I don't know. Not really. I mean, everybody says something different. And here's the thing. I felt really good after after the home health nurse came. Because, you know, pre-op was kind of weird. And I did talk to the anesthesiologist and voice some of my concerns. And, you know, they assured me that it's a light sedation. It's basically propofol. They give you the Michael Jackson drug. And uh-huh. a epidural. Because they want... And the reason they do that is because your body, the home health nurse said to me, she said, the reason they do the nerve block is because your body will spasm in pain from that procedure. And they have found that the nerve block will actually last 24 to 36 hours. You'll get your feet, you'll be able to walk, you'll get your feet back, but it won't hit you till you're home. But by that point, all the swellings down and you're not as much, in much yeah. it's not as fresh. And the thing that's scaring me the most, I'll be honest with you, is the epidural because I've never had one and I didn't have to have one with, with Ashton because I, I, I dilated so quickly. You know, they can't give it to you until you're at four centimeters. Right. And from four to 10, like the anesthesiologist was in the hall and be. Because I was in so much pain, 
I was finally going to let them do it, but then I dilated yeah. so quickly that I didn't have to have one, thank God. Because when they showed us that needle in the moss class, I wanted to pass out. It was like, hell no. Yeah. And when they said epidural, I was like, well, can I be asleep when you do that? And he's like, uh, no, we need to make sure you're you're numb. Yeah. And I was like, uh. And the nurse said to me that they give you a twilight when they do it, and it's a lot easier. And I said, well, you know, I've had so many friends that say when they had their epidural when they were pregnant, when they were giving birth, that it didn't work. And she said, well, you got to remember when you're pregnant, you know, you got your big belly, and it's hard to crouch mm-hmm. down. But when you, when you're, obviously now it'll be easier. They can be more accurate. Yeah. And, they can be more accurate. And she said, the home health nurse said to me, because I told her, I flat out I was scared of it, and she said, just breathe. Just listen to the nurse. It's going to help you. And just breathe. And I did remember when I had my breast biopsy done, that was frightening also because I was basically laying on a table with my boobs through a hole and, you know, with an x-ray and a needle and mm-hmm. it was scary. So, and the nurse really helped me through that. So. And they will. They will. They will. And I've had, I've had three epidurals. All three of my yeah, kids. Oh, that's right. I had yeah. one. Mm-hmm. And. I'm a big baby. Um, I, I, I've always really, especially when I was younger. Yeah. Especially when I was younger, I was petrified of needles. You gotta remember I had Katie, I was 17, you know, I had just turned 17. And, um, so I was petrified. Of course. Yeah. You're in so much pain and labor that you're like, just do it. Just drop my head off. I don't care. But, uh, pretty much, (laughs) but, uh, what I'll tell you really honestly is that, and I used to get annoyed when people would say this, but it's the truth. It's not, it's, it's pressure. Okay. It's, it's more, it's more like you feel weird. Yeah. yeah like, like, oh, like cringy, you know, cause you kind of know what they're doing and there, and then there's this like intense pressure and it is different than like pain in that sense. I mean, it's painful. Pressure is painful, you know? But it's just, for me, it was more like it was freaking me out, you mm-hmm. know, what they were doing versus how it was actually yeah. feeling, if that makes sense. And I, you know, I really think that it'll be a lot easier in a setting like this because the nurse hit it on the head when you're doing it as you're, you know, in labor and everything, you have this big old belly, you're in all this extreme pain and they have to kind of do it when that's all happening right so it's like they have you crouching over you know with this big belly and all these <laughs> contractions you're like Where am I at? you know <laughs> it's like the most awkward uncomfortable position you could be in you're hugging a pillow and you're like oh Jesus Christ. so <laughs> i can imagine anyway that in a just a surgical setting it's way easier on you and they can get you in the perfect position and yes, they'll be able to talk you through it. And, you know, but let me tell you, you be feeling no pain after that. <laughs> they do. Apparently they do it in pre-op while you're, before you go back. Cause they want, cause they want you to wait. They want to wait a bit to make sure it kicks in. And then, so, uh, yeah. And they used to tell me like, it's not like a high feeling. No. Like a, you're numb, right? Bullshit. Let me tell you something. You're numb from the waist down, right? Yeah, but you feel a euphoria. Oh. Now, I don't know if that's because you're in so much pain 
and then you're not that you're like hell yeah but you know <laughs> i remember feeling pretty euphoric like hmm. and my daughter katie god bless her but and she, i know i talked about this before but you know she passes out she has she bathes yeah. bagels and i told her to tell her doctor this throughout the whole pregnancy blah 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 she never did anesthesiologist comes in to do the epidural what happens to little little miss blue there goes her blood pressure and she's passing out oh no yep and it was from like because the medication hit Mm -hmm. and she was like oh yeah and then it was (laughs) and i'm like everybody was panicking so he had to he had to adjust the medicine because it was too much for her and she yeah i was like she didn't tell anybody they're like no that would have been good to know (laughs) i'm gonna kill her if she doesn't die And yeah, so, and she's somebody that, you know, has a hard time with pain too, but she did really well with it, you know? So listen, I can say anything it's in the world. It's not pain, it's needles. Not- it's just needles in general. I'm with you. I in your back, them. needle in your back. I had now, I had a nerve block with my foot when I had my foot surgery. They obviously, they didn't go into my spine, but I had to lay on my stomach and they went into my, like, I don't know, I guess it was my thigh, upper thigh. And I remember that it was fine. Um, I was nervous about that as well, but it was fine. It went fine. Didn't hurt. So it is what it is. I mean, you're going to, you're going to be nervous about it. You know, it's the worst of it. Uh, Yeah. So I'll be, I'll probably stay the night because they do them late in the afternoon, which sucks, but hopefully I'll come home on Thursday and yeah. Well, that's good that you're going to stay the night that way because I was worried about that. Yeah. I think it's better. Yeah, that way too. If there's any issues with you know managing your pain or anything, they can really you know help you. That's what my one practitioner said to me, um, my weight loss practitioner. She said, "Listen, stay the night, have to manage your pain, any complications, don't rush out of there." I was like, "Okay, no, yeah, I agree with that." Yeah, so definitely agree with that. This by this time next week, it'll be done. God willing. You've got this. I know. I've been through worse, right? So you have. You've I've been given. Through I've given birth. This could be. You know, they do. You know, I was like, they do a catheter, I guess, because you're numb. And but they, I guess apparently they don't do it till you're in the OR, which is kind of weird that you're asleep when they do that. Because which I'd rather be like they're asleep oh, and then yeah. and then they pull it out after before. But it's like okay, people are gonna be up my hoo ha while I'm sleeping. I don't. You know, they gonna be all up in your shit. Girl. I know. <laughs> that's just how it goes but yeah it is better you won't yeah have to deal with any of that yeah. you know and believe me as somebody in the healthcare field oh, yeah it all looks the same honey ain't nobody <laughs> made it I'm you know how shy you. i am i know listen i am too i know you are too it's like my worst nightmare i've told patients <laughs> that i'm like listen i want you to know that this is my nightmare scenario like it's Somebody had to help me with these things. So yeah. I understand. I can, I can't, I can only imagine, but as a healthcare professional, yeah, it's like, you're just so numb to all of that. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't phase you. You don't think about it. At I all. know. And then when we come, well, then when we come home, there's a lot of, you know, there's precautions and, you know, my, the, the, the therapist that came on Wednesday, Thursday, she was felt me like because you can't cross your legs for the first six weeks, not even at the ankle. Like I sit here right now, my 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 legs are crossed at my ankle. I you, you, to. Yeah, you can't lift your your leg, you know, past your head, like more than ninety degrees, whatever that is. 
You can't bend down to tie your shoes. You can't bend down for anything because they say you can dislocate it. Now, the home health nurse told me, she's like, I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a lot to dislocate it. Don't panic about it if you crush your legs on accident. You have to sleep with a leg between your pillow, leg between your pillows. A wedge. Yeah, a wedge. And so Friday night, this other therapist calls from the office and says, oh, hi, this is so-and-so. You know, I, I wanted to see if you're available for me to come out tonight. And I was like, mm, someone was already here yesterday. And he's like, well, who? And I, I told him who. And he's like, well, what did she go over? What, did she talk to you about everything? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, you want to tell me what she went over? And I go, and I was like in a mood because, you know, we were eating dinner. We just got done eating dinner. And I've been through with, with Tiger. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, look, I've talked to like five different people this week about what's going to happen. So why don't you just give me your spiel? And he's uh like, well, did they talk to you about this and that? And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, did they tell you what your limitations are going to be after the surgery? And I go, what limitations? I go, well, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you're, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to. I'm like, yeah, but that's temporary, right? I'm like, that's not forever. Like, I won't be able to. He's like, you can't bend down. I'm like, uh, is that forever? Or is that because what I'm understanding it's temporary? He's like, oh, yeah, it's temporary. You know, yeah. he's like, in some cases, some doctors, they, you know, they, they make it forever, you know, but what? he's like, your doctor, it'll be six weeks. I'm like, what the hell are you riding my ass for, yeah. asshole? Yeah. Like, I had a day of it, and now you're panicking you me. you trying to scare me? Like, yeah. like I, I cannot wait for the other therapist to call me today to tell me what time she's coming on Thursday so I can let her know that this guy is never to enter my home. Yeah, no. no. Did you get his name? Yeah, oh, I got his name. But, Good. so... Yeah, so he's like, you can't sleep. You have to sleep on your back and this and that. And I was like, dude, I, yeah. I, I've been told, you know, I, I've already been through this. I, you know, it's, I'm just feeling positive. And then this guy's inciting a riot. And I'm like, what the hell? So. And the, the other, the other one that you liked is right. It takes quite a bit to do. Some she damage. said that she said the cement sets within five minutes of the, of them setting it. And I didn't it's even mainly know they, just making sure they, they yeah. they're spilling this into you just so that you have some awareness. Oh yeah. You know, and you're always thinking about it, you know, cause we don't think about how we're moving. We're just doing what no. we do and we're not thinking about it. And, but believe me when I tell you, you'll think about it. I told you, <laughs> I, I can't bend down now. I can't tie my shoes now. So like, I'm not going to be missing much. I did see he, what he said to me was, this is what pissed me off. He goes, he goes, well, I, I'm sure everyone's telling you that this is the easy joint and this is the easy one. And if you had to have one, this is the one you should have. He goes, but I'm here to tell you and let's just warn you. It's, it's, this, is a, this ain't going to be a walk in the park. Uh, okay. I was thanks. like, uh, I didn't think it would be, but I didn't think it was going to be torture either. Like, are you trying to scare me out of having it? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Some of their approaches are just, I don't know. Yeah. That the, he sounds like he's not very good at his job. It sounds like he's a little over his job. For, you know. Exactly. No, because they need to be encouraging. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I, I, listen, I can tell you, I take care of this is I know you do. one of the biggest things. And these people are so old. Okay. They, they clearly have, a lot of them have taken good care of themselves, but you know, they are the most vulnerable, you know, the most susceptible to everything that could possibly go wrong. And it has come so far. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's a walk in the park. I know it's not, but I'm telling you day after mm -hmm. they're chilling. 
<laughs> like the, I mean, they're healing and they're a little uncomfortable and you know, all that stuff and they're medicating them and stuff, but you know, they're they're It's, it's just not like it used to be. No, and who sure. knows this guy that was putting the fear of God in you, maybe that's where he's coming from. Cause it used to be this like, Holy shit. No way. That's yeah, when terrible. I, oh, when I first found out, I was like, fuck, like seriously, yeah. this is bad. And yeah, no, the, and the the nurse that came, she told me, she, she said, um, the, she said, your surgeon, she said, you're having it. And he did tell me this too. He said, if I had a choice of any surgeon in that area, I would go to who you're going to. I, oh, that's good. And I said, that's good because I actually contemplated going to so-and-so who was supposed to be the best. He's like, no, hands down, yours is way better from what I've seen. And it, it's like a three to five inch incision. And she said that he, she said, don't be freaked out in case your bandage comes off. But he he stitches sutures it so like he like rolls the skin mm-hmm. and sutures it so that it pulls away from the joint and the swelling and right. and heals faster and then and it also doesn't leave much of a scar and then they put a com- like a compression waterproof bandage on it mm-hmm. that won't come off for 7 days and then home health will change it and it'll be another 7 days but I can shower with it and yeah. as long as I don't submerge it Cause that used to be a lot of it too, is that's where they've come a long way as well with the, how they close it, how they keep it. Um, Cause they even like the type of bandages they use now, they, they've come a long way with that stuff. Cause back in the day, they didn't, you, you couldn't shower, you couldn't get it wet. You couldn't, you know, they used to cut was, you from the were, top of your ass to the end of your ass. Yeah. They were, and all this, this particular bandage, it, it doesn't come off. Like it's, yeah, it's there. Right. You know? She told me, don't and mess it's with cushioned it. and like, yeah. you know, it's, I think, you know, it's scary. There's, I'm not trying to diminish that no, at all. It is. Cause if it was me, I'd be like, oh, oh I know, you know, but you're going to be nervous, but I, I know that you're going to be okay. I know. I mean, I am excited for you to just, get more quality of life yeah i just i want it over with bitch when you get through this we're going to the zoo <laughs> oh, the zoo the zoo the fucking zoo i had to say it <laughs> that'll be it no more excuses jen we're going to the zoo <laughs> well, i'm gonna be laid up for maria's birthday in february but we better plan we're gonna plan something for march or april okay that sounds like a plan and well find a zoo so <laughs> I, I won't be going to the zoo when it's hot so you might get a pass oh oof, thank god find a bar and a swim up pool <laughs> swim a pool with a bar and a beach <laughs> oh gosh um and yeah my mother-in-law bless her heart she's in the hospital so she i don't she might still be there wednesday um but regardless, I'll be there too, you know, yeah. for surgery. But yeah, yeah, that's been not fun. She's still struggling, but fingers crossed she'll leave the hospital this time. Much, much healthier. And we can yeah. keep her out of prison. That's what we keep saying. We're going back to prison. Well, <laughs> at least she's in the city. I mean, she's in a place where they're taking good care of her, you know? Yeah, that's such a good hospital. I'm really... It really is. Because she's staying with us and that's what, you know, where we're at, you know, she's really at one of the best hospitals that you can be at. So I'm just so thankful for that. I told Wyatt, um, he said something about, he made a joke and he said, so I'll just drop you off on Wednesday and pick you up Thursday. And I was <laughs> like at the door and I was looking at him, I go, 
it doesn't matter. The girls are going to be there. And he goes, what? And I go, uh, the girls are going to be there. And he goes, well, why? You don't trust me? And I go, well, I go, well, Wyatt, you run the other in the other direction every time you see a needle. Like, it's yeah. every time you come in with a needle, he's like, I'll wait outside. You're like, you're not very good in these situations. I said, and I understand that. And I've learned to accept it. So now I just call in reinforcements. <laughs> he's like, yep. uh, whatever you trust me. He's like, why am I even going? I'm like, you want to stay home? Stay home. Whatever. <laughs> Some fuck what means. I, he, he was growing. I'm like, look, this is my surgery. This is my hip. I think that it's, it's, about, sh- it's about me, not your feelings. I'm like, oh, it's like whatever. That's why I made him lose on. That's why I made him lose on. Men don't understand no, this. This is what girlfriends that, you know, do, you know? Yes, girlfriends show up just to be there for yeah. you. you. Even knowing we're in the other room, you know, yeah. can be comforting. You know, it's that's that's it. It's no no slight to Wyatt. It's just. No, <laughs> it's not. One of you bitches is going to be in there holding my hand when I get this epidural. Flip a coin. Tell him. Justin's like, hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> Somebody right? else is going to be here. Thank God. Someone else is going to hold her hand while she pukes? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Yeah. <laughs> He'll do it. He'll be there if he has to be. I but know. boy, he appreciates the, the help, the reinforcements. Yes. <laughs> Never have to worry about that. No. <laughs> well, other than those things, everything else has been pretty. Uh, Next weekend, you have your back to college weekend. <laughs> yes. That's exciting. Uh, family weekend. Well, it was scheduled for basically it, the yeah. day or like a couple days after the hurricane hit. So obviously they had to reschedule. And then we just found out about a week ago. <laughs> that oh we rescheduled it you know so i'm like okay so we have to get a hotel and all that which is it will have fun it'll be enjoyable they have a lot of stuff lined up there's a country music artist i'm trying to remember his name but he's gonna be there whoever (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i'll have to remember later but yeah (laughs) that's so like the friday night they do like food trucks and i think that's maybe when he's there mm-hmm. and then saturday there's um what was the other thing well one of the things is the men's basketball game the you know college and then um which they have a pretty good basketball program so that should be good and there's something going on before that and during the day and then sunday they end it with like a brunch on the water somewhere oh nice it sounds really nice. Is it so you can so so is it so you can see the atmosphere and feel the, of the campus? Yeah, and like just you know, I guess. I mean, we've done quite a bit up there. Well, we just we've gone to see her, and you know, before she started school, you know, we did um, what do you call it? All that stuff you do, you know, you do to do yeah. the tours and do the you know. So yeah, it's kind of like to you know really. I think it's more of a celebration mm-hmm. at this point, you know, and just, you know, getting families together and there's networking and, you know, I didn't know that there was, there was an, a parents page on Facebook. Really? Yeah. Nice. So I'm like, George is like, are you, are you on the parents page? And I'm like, no, what is that? So, you know, it's <laughs> one of those that like, you have to like, you have to get approved for, oh, yeah. you know, like you request and then they approve you. 
So I did it, you know, and so now I'm on the page and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. It's <laughs> like, like fighting. It's like he has like a PPN over here. Like where someone says the sky is green and blue and I, professor is extremely rude and he's having <laughs> such a hard time. And I'm like, you do realize they're in college, right? Like this is not <laughs> you're not you're not micromanaging them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Oh, I'm like, God. Whoa. Even I was like Georgia, don't worry. I will never do that. Okay. Just yeah. So you know. I did have to say her name. I had to give a student's name to oh, get wow. into the group, which is fine. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> this is this is a thing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and I get it. I'm I'm really lucky because I live so close. Yeah. So I don't have the stress that a lot of these parents have. So I have to give them a little grace. I mean, yeah, if they're in other states and you can't get yeah. there, I'd be losing my shit probably. But I don't know. With Georgia though, she's just that kid that is is capable, and yeah. you know, I, you know, every kid's different, and you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I get it. Ashton has no desire to leave. I even asked him again. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to go check out that college in Fort Myers? You know, um, I think it's Southeastern. And he's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to live alone. I was like, all right. Okay. That's okay. I said, it's okay. I'm more than happy to have you for the rest of your life. In, in that <laughs> well, room there. You could, you're, we could move your wife right in. Kids could have oh, the other room. <laughs> There's four bedrooms in this house. I'm but, sure some woman's going to be really excited about that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> Hey, they want to pay rent. I mean, hey, listen, I cook. We've talked about this a lot. They are not not every kid is ready to leave home. No, Uh, you know they are young. Abby has already said she's very much on the fence. I mean, FGCU is looking very attractive to her because it's close and her sister's there. Right. Yeah. And but my thing is fine. Or if you want to stay home, go to community college, do your thing. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Just have a plan. If college is the plan, okay, let's figure that out. If it's not, then what else do we got? You know, technical school, what are we doing? You know, but you don't have to leave home, you know, right away. I told Ashton, you will be doing something, whether you're taking one or two classes. And we just, I think we decided we, we, we were thinking St. Pete, but I'm I'm thinking now he, he's looking, he wants to go to SEF and then, don't they have a pretty good music they do i looked into it now his advisor had said saint petersburg was better but it's further and i looked into they scf has a really nice music production program and that's what he wants to get into music engineering yeah and they have a great theater program yes, and they do. all kinds of stuff happening there yeah. yeah and it's closer he doesn't have to go over the bridge um, that campus is nice. It is nice, and uh, he he really likes U USF, and he's like, I'd love to go to USF. I'm like, do two years there and two years there. I'm like, yep, you know, two it, years at SCF, you'll be right in there. He did get into Eckerd College. The only thing is, it's private. I went there. It's a private college, so yeah. they're and they're they're not accredited everywhere, and their credits are hard to transfer, and it's expensive. And if I'm paying that much. The way kids are, where he could transfer at any moment, and you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, no, I'm not paying that for that. SCF is a good school. Yeah, it is. It really it is. definitely is. And, and yeah, it's and not, that and that's yeah. Go ahead. It's not like it used to be. We used, we used to call it 13th and 14th grade. <laughs> you know when, when I went there, it was it was MCC when I went there. And we used to call it 13th grade. I remember MCC. Yeah, I went there when it was MCC too before the switch. 
13th and 14th. No, my oldest daughter, that's where she's yeah. almost done with her AA from SCF. And she's, you know, been down here at the Venice campus, which, you know, is not as big as the one in Bradenton. But um, yeah, it's a good school. And it has. It's it's come a long way. I mean, they they offer bachelor degrees mm-hmm. in certain certain areas, not not a whole lot, but it's a good school. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I was telling him, I'm like, because he was asking me, like, do I have to take... I'm like, you can take any class you want. And he's like, really? Like, I don't have to take English. I'm like, not this. I'm like, you're going to need it for your degree, but not right now. You don't have to take it. And that intrigued him. And I said, I said, I took bowling. And he's like, you took bowling? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You have to have a PE. And me and my two friends, we took bowling. And every, once a week, we would go from like four to seven at Galaxy Lanes and we would bowl. And it was so funny because my one friend would walk up and he'd walk up to the desk and she'd be like, we're the MCC bowlers. <laughs> Like we're this professional team and then we get discounts to go on the weekends, which was even greater because they want you to practice. So, I mean, and he's like, he's so he's starting to see that it's not like high school at all. No. And and that's the thing. Just keep reminding him. He can go at his pace. Um, You know, yeah, he could do a couple classes each semester where it's where his interests are. Yeah. You know, and knock one of the core subjects out at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, however, however, yeah. it, the, I mean, he'll he will see, and it is the professors, the people that are going to school. You're going to school with people all ages. I mean, older. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I hope that he'll find. I think he will I, find his place. I think he will. I think he'll because he's been at this school since you know it's just, it was six six through twelve. So. You know, the quirkiness through middle school and all that follows you when you stay at the same school. And I think he'll see that he'll shine. I think he'll shine. I think he'll really shine in college. Not that he doesn't in high school, but I think he'll really find his own, find his, his self, his place. Well, yeah, people in college, everybody's getting more mature. Yeah. You know, everybody's, you know, and I can tell you the people that George has made the most connections with so far are people that march to a different drum. And it's, it's yeah. surprising to me a little bit because she's not like a super creative type, you know, like, you know, those artsy, like bohemian, you know, like yeah, color hair and doing their little, you know, whimsical things and their art, you know, they're artists and they're, you know, that's a lot of the people she's making connections with, yeah you know, and she's just like loving it, you know, and I, I love that. I love that everybody's more, not everybody, but the majority are more embracing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and accepting, accepting. Right. Yes, exactly. So, so that'll be a good thing for him. So are we going to get into spare? Yes, we are. I can't wait. We had, it's been a couple of weeks since we've really talked about it. We wanted to talk about what the lemon head said, right? Or the sour lemon. Yeah. <laughs> annoyed lemon. Yeah. I do want to shout her out. I love what okay. oh, my monitor went off where I'm recording over here. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, she has become one of my favorite creators on this subject, other than Matter of Fact, who I yeah. still love. But she, her, check her out, guys. She's on TikTok, Annoyed Lemon. She doesn't show her face because of her job. Um, but she's she basically is the context police. That is her stick. 
And um, she's not a, like a huge royal person. She's just like a lot of people where they're just into the book and like whatever. But she gives great perspective and she's just so funny. She's she's talked about she's half Italian, half Jewish. So she's like that Yenta that we all need in our lives, she says. <laughs> but she I just I'm loving her content. And um, she's talked about a lot of the stuff that, you know, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I did try to reach out to her, but <laughs> she, I know she looked at it, but she never responded. Mm-hmm. I, I told her, I said, I know you don't want to show your face, but you know, I would love to talk to you on our podcast, you know, and told her to check us out. But um, anyway, she made one the other day that I sent to you that we had actually touched on, but she said that she hadn't heard anybody talk about it. Should we play it? Yeah. Uh, do you have it? They do. Yeah, that would be great. Cause that's. Cause she played that in that one, the excerpt from the book. That go on social media. Weekends. I really saw, like a, like Friday afternoon and so Monday morning, but it leave you totally hanging. Oh, you could watch the little eight series made yesterday. That's fun. So I'm going to give you a treat here. I'll give you an excerpt from Harry's book I did yesterday, but this one, I don't see nobody talking about. And quite honestly, it's one of the parts of the book that really me thinking, right? It left me like, whoa, I didn't, shit was like and the walls come from a place of the most privilege right some would say so it's from this place of like forced labor I'm talking about the ones that are born to it and in this little Harry puts that into perspective and think of what he's saying over the weekend and I really felt for him and for the others and anyone else up in fucking shit over there. And also, in a weird way, it made me appreciate my measly American life that I have over here. Because I do order shit from Amazon fucking every week for years, bitch. So anyways, here, listen to what Harry saying. You'll understand what I'm talking about. And have a great weekend. Meg and I sat down to work out exactly how much security we could afford and how much house. Exactly then, while we were revising our budget, word came down. Pa was cutting me off. I recognized the absurdity, a man in his mid-thirties being financially cut off by his father. But Pa wasn't merely my father. He was my boss, my banker, my comptroller, keeper of the purse strings throughout my adult life. Cutting me off, therefore, meant firing me without redundancy pay and casting me into the void after a lifetime of service Mm. more after a lifetime of rendering me otherwise unemployable i felt fatted for the slaughter suckled like a veal calf i'd never asked to be financially dependent on paul i'd been forced into this surreal state this unending truman show in which i almost never carried money never owned a car never carried a house key never once ordered anything online Never received a single box from Amazon. Almost never traveled on the underground. Once at Eton on a theater trip. Sponge, the papers called me. But there's a big difference between being a sponge and being prohibited from learning independence. After decades of being rigorously and systematically infantilized, I was abruptly abandoned and mocked for being immature. 
for not standing on my own two feet? The question of how to pay for a home and security kept Megan me awake at nights. Hey, so annoying. Yeah, that was, and we have touched on this yeah. because I remember us talking about and you you pointing out like, we're, what the hell was he supposed to do when people criticize him for getting paid for what he's sharing with the world? Where's he going to go what work? Was, Starbucks? Whole Foods? You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> it's like, what do you want him to do? Yeah. You know? And let me tell you something. It, it, the abuse in it is just, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, core shaking. I mean, honestly, I, and, and we've talked about this too, as far as, you know, the first thing they did before he cut him off financially, they took their security after promising them that they yep. wouldn't do it. And when you read in the book what that was like for them with a baby yeah. and the world knowing you know, where they were. And Harry never thought it would happen. He was so blindsided. Even, even the security alerting him to this, the security personnel were blindsided. They were shocked. They begged the royal family not to, whoever was you know, calling the shots, please don't do this. You know, every analyst, you know, analyst, everything was saying that they were in harm's way Mm -hmm. and in a serious way. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was just control. It was just, they wanted them. They wanted to force their hand to come back. Mm -hmm. I really think so. Or, or not. I mean, I wonder, cause it's like, I, I don't I don't understand what their end game was at that point. I mean, if I'm being honest, I I feel like they were jealous. I feel like they part of them if they did want him to come back to do what? Yeah. I mean, just shut point. up and I mean, I, nothing was going to work no matter which way they flipped it. Mm-mm. At that point, I don't see how they could have even gone back, you know, but it's incredible. What I don't understand is that it was his father that made that decision. But why I don't what I don't quite understand is why Prince William and then Prince Charles had all this control and say in what to do with Harry's life and Harry and Meghan when the queen was ultimately in charge like that had to go through her, I believe. Like, why would she allow that unless she didn't know unless she was not um, as much a role like maybe she was just a figurehead at that point and they were really running the show i think that may be the case because she was not well for so long and rumored to have bone cancer i really believe that longer than anyone realized she had not she had lost control yeah and it was was it her health was it i'm sure it was a combination of everything other people were calling the shots other people were making decisions for her and not just william and charles I believe it was their people, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in these offices, you know, exactly. And, you know, yeah, I don't think she was privy to a lot of information before things would happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like at a certain point, I don't care who you are, queen, king, I don't, it don't matter. You get to an age in your life where you're not functioning at a high level, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't want to admit that and they don't want the world to know that necessarily, 
Not to mention, I think Charles was pissed that she wouldn't just, and we've said that before, that she wouldn't just get out of the way and let him become king. That had been going on since the 90s. I mean, he was maneuvering with the prime ministers trying to take her out. And let's not forget that Charles, Prince Charles actually wrote a book about his life. They all have. They all have. I mean, really, it's like, I mean, Harry talks about that in the book. You know, he confronted them. You've written a book. Him and William, I believe, wrote a book. And he's like, I don't understand. What am I doing? Now, this was before the book. I'm getting ahead of myself before Spare, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, when he challenged the press is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And they were furious with him and with he and Megan's decision to, like, sue the press. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You both did it. Right. Even the queen, even mm-hmm. the queen has sued. There was never an answer though. They couldn't give him any. They would just avoid, just avoidance. He would say, why, why is this wrong for me to do, but not for you? And it just, let's move right past that. <laughs> there was yeah. No explanation. So what else could it be other than you're pissed that he married an American black divorcee? Right. Actress. And, and, sh- and, to to boot, she's outshining all you. Yeah. All of you. Well, so. And what I find most interesting about that, and I know this is way back in the book, is that he said Prince William and Catherine loved suits. They watched the show. Yeah. Roy, and now, like, so why don't, so if you watch this show and you love her, like, he was like, you know, Prince William and they were just enamored because that Harry was dating this girl. Mm-hmm. Why would you be upset that he married this girl unless you're jealous of jealous. jealous of the relationship, jealous that they're in love, jealous that, that he can choose his own bride and is not forced to just pick the best suited girl? You know, mm-hmm. what he say? They have to marry with their head and their heart instead of their heart. Mm-hmm. I, someone commented on one of our posts. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know if it was one of from our podcast or something else that I've shared. But she said, you know, Kate was jealous that basically insinuating that she kind of was into Harry a little bit and liked being that that only woman in their lives type of thing. And I said, you could be really right about that. But also was William jealous, Mm. you know, that and and the person that commented didn't seem to think that, you know, kind of disagree with that. But it made me think it's like, yeah, I think he was, I think he was jealous. You know, I think he was enamored with the show. They both were, I think Megan is a beautiful woman. So is Kate. I mean, I'm not both beautiful in their own rights. Yeah. They're, I mean, Kate is dignified and regal and, British, very British, and she dresses to a T, and you know she's the picture of perfect, really. And Megan, English rose, the, yes, the English rose, and Megan is beautiful. She's beautiful in a in a movie star way, in a uh, in just an absolutely, I don't know what it, she sparkles. Let's put it that she sparkles, and mm-hmm. one's a diamond, one's an emerald. You know, it's like. Well, and she's more exotic. More exotic, yes. And, you know, but, I mean, and 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 then when you put when she started dressing in those elegant clothes, like the English rose, 
it, it was even more beautiful. It's, you know, so, yeah, I can see her being a little, Kate being a little bit intimidated by it. But, you know, back to the whole, you know, cutting them mm, off yeah. thing. That's some powerful stuff. It like really the, is. When he, what did he say? Um, when he said he was systematically infantilized, mm. you know, um, what was the other one that really grabbed me? He was financially fatted for the slaughter. Yes, that really got me. Um, you know, just you have to really wrap your head around or try to the fact that they didn't have a choice in the matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess ultimately you did, but when Harry tried to finally enact that freedom of choice, look what happened. Mm -hmm. So you never really felt like you had a choice. And so you've lived this life. You've had zero training, zero, you know, training in life, just how to, make money how to you know build a career how to it's all been how to be a royal mm -hmm. so when they cut you off what the hell else do you have that's all you have right so if anybody is still questioning you know why this is okay for him to make money off of his story right there and people really have a, a strong opinion about that that seemed we posted some clips about us talking about his security after our last podcast about them. And that seemed to really get the nastiest comments from people about, oh, well, then, you know, this and that. And he didn't want to work. That's why he doesn't get security. And what threat, what people being ignorant, ignorant, so ignorant to say, well, what threat is he? What threats do he have? Really? Yeah. You're the mom. It's the monarch's. It's like now it's he's the son of the monarch and his children are targets to be kidnapped for ransom. Like nobody gets that. I mean, and just hate crime. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That people too. that hate yeah. them. Yeah, because she's half black. Yeah, you know. I mean, but a lot of people I've noticed. First of all, that comment. I'm like, bruh, not the most uh bright crayon in the box mm -hmm. okay yeah, they're pretty hateful. i have some of those yeah mm -hmm. so and, and it's coming from a very ignorant uneducated oh absolutely 100 percent. you know so it's like whatever but you know i just i i these things just create more and more empathy for me towards yeah, them me too especially him mm -hmm. you know and to be fair william you know i think about you know, we, we're pissed at William, you know, the way he's he's acted and treated his brother and blah, blah, blah. But he's in the same boat. You know, he's mm -hmm. been screwed over by the same system, in a sense, and boxed into this life. And, you know, it's like at the end of this, as much as I love the royals and as much as I, you know, love the whole idea it really has made me think differently about what should be happening moving forward. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that place where a lot of people are like, it is 2023. What the hell are we doing here? And you know, and for William at the end, he, he goes through his own scrutiny and his own dealings with the press and the tabloids and people following. But at the end of this for him, is a prize. He's become he he gets to become king. His brother, yeah. not so much. But yes, the the and it, I think it happened a long time ago. That the royal the the British monarchy 
has lost its what it used to be. It used to yeah. be it and it died with Queen Elizabeth. It used to be this symbol of nobility and regalness and mm-hmm. all of that that went along with it and the history and it seemed like you know I don't know her children it seemed to something go way wrong because mm-hmm. except for maybe princess princess Anne and prince edward he, you know, he and sophie seemed to have it together although she went through a scandal of her own recently in the last I doubt few years. any of them have it together <laughs> yeah no she had a she was a she was in pr and she's had something went sideways with her firm i can't remember the details without looking up but no, um, he and Prince Edward, he was always rumored to be gay when he was young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he got picked on in his right. Uh, yeah, it's but yeah, it's moving forward. Yeah, maybe some things do need to change because why? I mean, why are they're they're not back in the back in the golden you know whatever days they were way on back? The kings and queens they had power. You know, mm-hmm. they ruled the lands. They ruled the Commonwealth the British empire and all of that. Now they're just, they're, they're really slaves. They are slaves that are made to do charity work and do all of these things. They don't have a life they're on. It's kind of torture. Like really it's. Well, I, well, I don't want to call them slaves because well, they are making well, no, money. Well, not, okay. Not in the sense but of, I know. Yeah. That's a bad choice of words, especially in this thing. <laughs> I might cut that strict that from the record, but no, but I see what you're saying. It, and annoyed lemon even touched on it yeah what did they call it uh it basically um was it slave labor did she say slave labor yeah something something prisoner but it, oh, yeah. forced, forced forced labor that's the word we're looking for and it is it's like you know you're born into it and then it's like now dance go you know it's like yeah and if you dare try to you know pivot in any direction you're just completely annihilated, you know? So it is, it is forced on them in that sense, you know? And I don't see the purpose anymore. Mm-mm. What is the purpose? If, if this is where I think they could have had a whole new purpose, if none of this would have happened, if they would have come out, defended H- Megan and Harry, embraced them, fought like hell for them, and and, and that's it and move forward as a family, I think they could have made the, the monarch, the Royal family, a whole new conversation Mm -hmm. that could have been a part of the new, you know, society. Yes, absolutely. But the fact that they haven't, and now Charles is King and we're still not hearing anything. It's same old business as usual. Mm -hmm. I'm done. It's like, yeah, I don't have respect for him. Like I did for, Elizabeth no none at all no and, and, and he's just wife. disappointing yeah. yeah oh yeah Excuse it's, my it's very disappointing yeah. no I agree with you fuck her <laughs> no seriously she's a fucking bitch and yeah. the fact that she I didn't like her before and because of Diana Princess Diana the fact that that woman gets to be queen and it's because Charles pretty much strong-harmed his mother to pay off Prince Andrew's debt Mm-hmm. is completely just makes it even worse that yeah. you know and, and apparently you know you've we've seen things go back and forth on tiktok and in the news we've sent each other they um charles and camilla almost got divorced in 2018 yeah and gee what happened then 
um, what stories about Harry and Meghan were leaked at that point. Exactly. When they get married? Exactly. Did they get married in 18? Somewhere around there. Yeah, that's when it started. And to take the focus off, you know. Listen, it, it runs deep. Mm-hmm. And I am more team uh, Harry and Meghan than I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't see how they and I'm I'm I am looking to see what happens with the coronation. Yeah, didn't we you know, didn't we you sent me an article this morning. Yeah, I've seen one that's the first and only thing I've seen. And so I I have not dove into it, but I we've all been wondering like what's going to happen? Is he going to go? Are they going to invite him? What's going to happen? You know, what do you think? I mean, do you think he should invite Harry and I think that he's fucked either way. If he is invited and doesn't go, it's a snub at his father. If he is invited and he goes, it's how dare he be here. Mm-hmm. The balls he has to come after what he said and did, which is not really even anything bad. He told the truth, which really he didn't give anything that out that, that was that shocking. Um, that was scandalous, I should say. Not sure. Mm-hmm. You know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, he didn't tell the secrets. He didn't, you know, so. I think uh, from what I'm reading, it's Charles wants him to come, but will he's afraid William's going to cause a scene. Now, why does Prince William have all this power? Why does he, because as I recall, Prince Charles had no power when it came to when he was, you know, he was pretty much laughed at by his family. You know, he was always the oddball and they were always against him. And, um, you know, he when he did his maneuvering and stuff, he was like behind closed doors and he wasn't a very big part of that family. It was always he was always kind of on his own. So and whenever he tried to do something, his mother put him, you know, Queen Elizabeth put him in his place. Mm-hmm. So why is Prince William allowed to have wield this much power, especially when the queen was alive and you're third in line? Yeah, I don't know. I'm really on the fence with whether or not invite or no invite he should even go i just feel like i guess okay take the royal part up like out of it and just think about them as a family just a an average family i think to you go to support your father because he does love his father mm. yeah <laughs> i don't know that's i'm not disagreeing but then that. again they also scheduled it the weekend of his daughter's second birthday so why would they do that And that's the thing. I'm concerned with further trauma. It's Mm -hmm. like, look, how many times are you going to show up and do the right thing, which Harry does over and over again, just to be traumatized? The other thing that hit me was I was listening to the, I think it's in the epilogue of the book, and Mm -hmm. I should have got the section out. But I might have, you know, I think I shared the excerpt on TikTok. Um, But it basically talks about him showing up when the queen died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... By the time he was able to get there, which we already know, they like fucked him over with that and like, peace out. You figure out how you're getting over there. He was there, literally you know? on the same estate as everybody else. And they took a, he called and called and called and they took a plane without him and no yeah. commercial jets were available. He had to drive. He had to, you know, he had to go out of the way. That was rude. I mean, that was mean. Yeah. And then he showed up. They weren't there. So his, Anne greeted him. Right. And. She, you know, greeted him, hugged him. He talked affectionately about that exchange. Yes. 
and they weren't there. So she asked if he wanted to go see the queen and he decided yes. After not being able to have closure with his mother, he felt like he should. Right. And that interaction was very sweet. But then he goes, you know, into the rest of the night, how everyone was there, not his father or Will or William or Camilla, but everybody else. They abandoned him Mm -hmm. once again. Here, his grandmother has died. It's traumatic. Don't bring the wife. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring the wife, which allegedly nobody else was bringing their wives. But it was the whole way that Mm -hmm. it was even approached, you know, and talked about. And here he is again on his own, abandoned to deal with this and no support from them. No, not even a conversation. Mm -mm. And it's like, at what point do we finally go, you know what? You're just fucking assholes. Like, fuck you. Like, I mean, it's like, why, why, (laughs) why? If it were a normal, I mean, if we were involved in a normal family like that and normal family dynamic, we would be like, fuck you. And I'll this, I have my family now. I I love you from afar and you what you we detach with love and enough is enough. But because they're the royal family, he's still supposed to show up. Not to mention endanger himself, yeah. endanger his family. I don't trust the freaking media over there, all this bullshit going mm-hmm. on. It's like I don't think it's even safe. At no, this it's point. not. You know, and now that tempers are even higher, <clears throat> excuse me, temperatures are higher because there's so much more, you know backlash over the book and the you know netflix series and all that i just think no it's probably best he doesn't go or if he does go if he does go he should go alone and not put his family in and under under the radar Mm -hmm. like you know be be very protected yeah and behind the scenes you know maybe be there to get a picture you know in windsor Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever you know (laughs) like privately i mean honestly i think harry at this point needs to do everything he can to self-protect. Yeah, I agree. And fuck them. I mean, and if they don't like it, then I don't know. Don't get. I don't, and I don't think, I think, he, but I think at the end of, I think deep down he loves his family. He does oh, yeah. love them. He desperately loves them and he wants his family back and they don't want anything to do with him. And that's sad. And I, and I understand how that feels and that's an awful feeling. Yeah, it is. And I agree with you. I think that, he has tried so hard to show that in everything that he's done, everybody he's talked to, the book, everything, you know, and people can believe that all he's doing is bashing his family. If that's what you want to believe, there's nothing what, we can it's say. It's what to you want to believe when they, yeah, it's what they want. Exactly. If you've actually read this book and you still think that, then I don't know. Then no one you. can help you. No. Because but most of people, most of the people that are talking like this have no desire whatsoever to read the book. No, no, they're they just don't. pulling it apart. Even this creator that I like, Annoyed Lemon, like I said, she's got no skin in the game. She was not somebody that was a historian or following the royal family or riding that train prior. She literally looked at it like almost like a celebrity because that's basically what they are to us, you know. And yeah. Thought, well, let me read the book and see what he's got to say. And, you know, so I think those people that are reading it that are really green going into it. I haven't heard one person like that that doesn't have a very kind view of, you know, as far as their opinion. Right. It's it's the ones that are invested in a weird way that, you know, have grown up indoctrinated with all the royal stuff or whatever. But mm-hmm. 
yeah the book is i think a love letter i do really to his family to megan to his mother you know i think he speaks about them quite nicely yeah so yeah i agree it's shame yeah it is we'll see when is the coronation may 6th or 7th okay yeah. Oh, I'll be watching though. Oh, <laughs> me too. We're gonna have to be together to watch. Yeah. Hopefully, it. it won't be at like five o'clock in the morning. If so, we're gonna spend the night at somebody's house. I know, because yeah, that's normally what happens. Because the, the royal time. wedding, the wedding, we had to, we were kind of apart, but we were apart, you know, so far away. But no, we're, we got to get together for the wet for the coronation. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have to break out the tea kettles and because yeah. it's tradition. Yeah, no, listen, I'm here for the pomp it's and circumstance. Hist- it's history, okay? It is and history. We are as, history. Long as, as long as there's a royal family, a working royal family, it's it's in the history books. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the reality. And it could be the last one. I I think it could be, for sure. And that's I guess that's been my question. And is. I think that's why William is holding on so tight, because if this all if the house of cards falls down, what happens to him? He's unemployable. Like his brother. Yeah. He's been. I mean, he'll. He's inherited now because he's the prince. Mm-hmm. So that's the Duchy of Cornwall, right? Yes. That's like his mm-hmm. bag, his purse. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, between the real estate and everything, like he'd be fine. Listen, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Willie ain't going to starve, you know, but but that's the difference but, between him and Harry. But then, but it, yes. And he's, but he's also a man that has had a purpose that will not have one. Yeah. And there are, there's a lot of people talking like, listen, we don't need the people for the tourism money. Mm -mm. We have the structures, we have the castles, we have the, you know, we have the history. It's not like people are getting to meet them all the time. No, it's not. They're going there to see England. Yeah. And the castles and stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they only have a wedding. They start acting better. Yeah. They only have a (laughs) wedding or a coronation and stuff like that that the tourism brings every so often, you know, every so many years. And they could still do stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and pay them to participate. Like celebrities. Yeah. Like that's what we do in this country. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to do a Jubilee and let's pay them, you know, X amount of dollars to be there, you know. Train circus monkeys. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's about all I have to say. Yeah, me too. It's been a long day of podcasting. Mm -hmm. So on that note, we will wrap it up. Um, Our next episode will be, as I say it again, love is not dead. Just my husband, Uh, Rebecca Johnson. It's a really good interview. Tune Mm -hmm. into that one. Uh, that will air next Sunday, Monday, Sunday, Monday-ish. Beyond that, I'm not sure what we have going on, but we'll figure out something. I'm sure I'll be up and able to podcast by then. If not, I'll lug my, I'll be lugging my microphone out to, actually, <laughs> my husband or son will be lugging the microphone out to the couch so I can podcast from there if I can't fit yeah. walk into here. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it done somehow. Yeah, we will. That'll be good. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Check out our website, honestlyunfilteredpodcast.com. All of our links are there. And um, yeah. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Bye. Bye.